You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome back to the Stateside Podcast. As usual, my name is James MacMillan, and today we have a very special guest, Trey with the band Sharia Moore. And Sharia Moore is a band that has been working with one of my clients, Alan Day. They they worked on some stuff with him in the past, and then they got signed to, to Equal Vision Records, like a bunch of fancy boys. And <laughs> since they got signed, they back in the studio with Alan currently. And in fact, that's where Trey is located at the moment, is in studio with Alan. And uh, anyway, welcome to the show, Trey. Thank you so much. Appreciate you having me, James. Absolutely. Well, before we kick it off, why don't you just kind of give the quick uh, elevator pitch to our audience, uh, assuming they know nothing about you, kind of what's your background and, and what, what are you up to? So I guess I'll keep it all music related, but I honestly feel like that's like a kind of a smaller portion of my life at you know, at least at this, you know, moment in time. I just turned 26 on Monday, so that's cool too. But uh, yeah, I've been singing in bands. Well, just two bands, really. Really one that's been the same the whole time. Uh, Sharia Moore, we used to be One Life to Lead all the way up until just earlier this year, like April or so. Um, so I had been singing in that band since 2015. And then, uh, yeah, as I mentioned, we got signed earlier this year. So there's that. But to, through all that time, I also went to graduate school at University of Maryland. Uh, just doing a whole lot. I was mostly just like a sports guy before I was um, played a little bit of football in undergrad. And I was just like focused on that. And then the music kind of stumbled upon it. <laughs> That's what I'll say. That's that's the best way to, to get into music. At, at what point in your life did you start playing music? Once I stopped playing football, uh, yeah, I was sophomore in undergrad. I was turning up a lot, getting lit, doing everything, playing football games on Saturday, getting wild on the town Saturday night, got into some trouble, ended up having to leave school. And then after that, that's when I really started focusing more on music. Oh, that's cool. So what position did you play in football? I was a corner corner and safety oh very cool yes sir yeah so are you are you kind of done with that part of your life because i I know that's such a full-time commitment right it was a job like especially like in high school football was cool it was fun got to college it was like a job that we weren't getting paid for yeah that's that's all over now like mostly what i do now in terms of just like anything athletic i do uh muay thai yeah i haven't gotten into any fights or anything yet like i haven't done competition i'm just like training but um that's been fun so I do jujitsu. Nice. Yeah. I was, I'm thinking that, uh, that's something I should like start working into my, my stand-up striking training if I wanted to get into a competition for real. But I also think like, I don't know how the label would feel about me being like, I want to seriously go at like MMA competition, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like the lead singer getting all cut up and what not. I don't think they would like it. Look, Muay Thai is, is beautiful. There's nothing wrong with Muay Thai. But any of the striking martial arts, oh, it is just that. You're learning how to strike, right? You're learning how to, to kick and punch and get kicked and punched. Right. <laughs> Where jiu-jitsu, like you can do that through your 60s, 70s. I mean, I, I know a couple of black belts who are literally in their 70s. And they'll, they'll fuck you up. They'll fuck you up. That's what's so lovely about BJJ is like you are 
being taught to control people's bodies and and choke, put people to sleep, fuck up their limbs, do all that stuff, but you're not you're not getting concussions, you're not getting striked. And also for self-defense purposes, you're you know, I would rather stand in a courtroom and explain to a judge why why I put someone to sleep. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Why you elbowed him straight in his face. <laughs> Fighting's a funny thing. I, I mean, I scrapped a little bit as a kid just because I was a stupid punk kid. But, you know, skateboarding and stuff, you, you get in a lot of trouble. But... You know, so when if it comes to fighting in real life, dude, like you're either gonna back away and not be a part of it at all, or you're gonna clinch eventually, because that's how fights are. And I would rather know how to just take it to the ground and smother you and make you miserable. <laughs> I feel you. I feel that. Yeah, I mean, Muay Thai is cool because you do have some of that stand up clinch. Like, I don't know if you're like really into it, but if you watch like one championship, you can get to see like some of that stuff. But like, I'd be more into that than like just straight like kickboxing and like no clinching at all like at least in muay thai they let you get in there and throw the elbows and stuff a little bit some knee strikes things like that so what is the difference between like american kickboxing and muay thai mostly the stand-up clinching like in yeah like so like in kickboxing they're they're gonna break you like it's regular boxing every time as soon as you get in there they're gonna break it but like if you're watching muay thai they'll let you get in there you know it's kind of like referee um it's up to them to like decide how much is too much, I guess. But um, yeah, watching like traditional Muay Thai, they definitely let you get in in the clinch. Yeah, traditional Muay Thai is, it's almost a religion, right? Like all the, the procedures and ceremony that goes on with it, it's pretty rad. Yeah, they take it so seriously. You know, a lot of the guys are like deep into Buddhism, which I've like read a little bit, you know. I wouldn't call myself a Buddhist or anything. I feel like I believe in pretty much everything, but um yeah, it's really cool to, to see, like, how you have a, a concept in, like, Hinduism and Buddhism, like Ahimsa, which is, like, you know, doing the opposite of harm. And, like, but at the same time, these guys feel like they're following, like, I guess their their life path in fighting, you know, so. It is very interesting. I mean, this is the same way. You know, I've, I've met a lot of Brazilian guys and, and girls that, you know, these people are very meditative yoga type people maybe they surf as well and they're covering tattoos there's a lot of recovering uh, addiction people in jujitsu for some reason a lot of people that struggle with alcohol and drugs and i think it brings this like level of chaos that's controlled and i think people like you and i who seek chaos we seek punk rock <laughs> we seek live shows like that's how i grew up that's how you're growing up you know, I'm, I'm more than 10 years older than you. And that's all I did at your age. It's literally all I did. was touring, skateboarding, fucking around, playing drums, and like seeking awesome, chaos, you know? And I think that martial arts can, can bring that for people that, it, you know, you're looking for something healthy. Like if you're not playing in a band, you're going to go do something. Like I've known you for a couple minutes and we've talked, <laughs> but just watching your band, you guys are fucking wild boys. And I know that like, <laughs> you're going to go chase no matter what you do in life. Hell yeah. Most definitely. Like I'm in it for the thrill, man. That's what I always say. <laughs> Got this one life. I might as well go crazy, bro. <laughs> well, uh, let's talk about Baltimore a little bit. Baltimore is a mystery to me. <laughs> like <laughs> the only fucking thing I know about that city is the show, The Wire. 
because I'm a white guy. There's always the wire. <laughs> My wife and I have this joke. If you're a white guy and, a, and an actor, then you were probably in Band of Brothers. If you're a black dude and an actor, you were probably in The Wire. <laughs> hey, yo, it's kind of crazy. Like, sometimes, like, people, I can't try to remember who I was talking to, but somebody would just randomly in Baltimore tell me, like, yeah, yo, my cousin was an extra on The Wire and on this episode or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, people would be telling that story kind of often. So, yeah. <laughs> what was it like growing up in Maryland and Baltimore? Because I know two Marylands. I know two Baltimore areas or the area of Baltimore. I know the fucking hood. I know like urban setting. And then I know like turnstile and wild kids like you guys that are just kind of putting your middle finger up and creating your own noise. And it's like a kickback to the nineties. And I, I really love it. Um, so what, what version of Baltimore was it for you? Well, I actually grew up in like suburban Baltimore. I didn't move to the city until two years ago, but I've been like going to school there, working there, like driving in from the County, um, for at least like, I don't know, six, seven years or so. Baltimore, man, I love Baltimore. It's, uh, you know, it's home. It definitely it does have that like odd dynamics. I feel like, like you saying, like there's the hood Baltimore. And then there's also like, I don't know, like I'll send music to some people in the band sometimes. And like, I like a lot of like really weird stuff apparently. And uh, like Casey, our guitarist, he'll, he'll say, this is really Micah, like this is Micah music. So I don't know if you know Micah, like the art school there, but like it kind of has like a reputation, like man, all the weird like artsy kids like go to Micah and hang out with Micah kids at certain spots. Like this one spot in Baltimore called The Crown is like, I don't know, like a breeding ground for all like the, the indie stuff, like all these, that's really actually like popping now. You feel me? Like bands like Pink Shift and like Nightlife are really like blowing up from that kind of scene. So yeah. I love that. I, I love, uh, well, for, first of all, I love, you know, I love when regional, when areas actually have a regional scene and a, and a vibe and a noise. And, and every, every area has it at some point. Uh, the Northwest obviously had it with like the grunge nineties thing. That's where I live in Portland and you know, even like the West coast LA, I mean, they had a lot of very eccentric, you know, music like faith, no more and tool and rage against mm -hmm. uh, red hot chili peppers, like really digging into a different thing and trying to be their own thing. Um, and then there's like the Midwest, all the Midwest pop punk and emo and, I don't know. I could go on and on. You know, Boston hardcore and East Coast New York. There's like a fucking Baltimore, Boston, uh, again, New York City. That that there's something. Yeah. And I and I love that. Like bands in Baltimore seem to be embracing kind of a, a '90s hardcore ethic, but making it modern and and. A little bit more playful and fun, like Turnstile. Their public Turnstile is amazing. Turnstile is going to save the world. Those guys, like, I can't recommend that band enough. And I just love everything they're doing. I mean, they, their public-facing image is so fun and lighthearted, but they're clearly taking their shit seriously. And their shows are so fun, and, and it is a throwback to when music was fun and people just cut loose. Yeah, they, dude, I, they just did a, I wish that we could have gone, but we were up here recording the album, but they just did like a free show at Clifton Park in Baltimore. 
And I was just like, dude, like <laughs> they're like just making all the moves that like, I don't know. I just love that like they, they've gotten so big, but also like there's still so much just about Baltimore a lot of the times. Like when they were doing the whole um, like turnstile love connection thing, like with the um, like the short film they were doing, I think initially they were only going to screen it in L.A. And then like everyone was just going crazy on the Instagram, like, nah, you have to do this in Baltimore. You have to do this in Baltimore. You have to do this in Baltimore. And they ended up pulling through. And it's just like, I, it's just, it's so awesome. Like I've been a fan of them probably since like, I think since like nonstop feeling dropped. I think that was 2014, 2015, something like that. Yeah, something like that. No, they're great. What's, what's that other band that like half of them do? <laughs> so there's, it's, it's three bands that are like, all of them are like kind of parts of, well, actually there's four, I think, because Alan just told me about another one yesterday I didn't even know, because him and Brendan are kind of close. Um, but there's Trapped Under Ice, and then there's Angel Dust, Angel and Dust. then Turnstile, yeah. Right. Trapped Under Ice is fun as fuck. I mean, that's just like hardcore. But yeah, Angel Dust is so fun, and I love that those are the same guys. Yeah, it's like, I can't even, I'm not even sure. I was trying to like talk to this about like, all about this stuff with my drummer Ronnie yesterday and he's really good with like keeping up with like knowing individual members of a band and knowing who does what in the band so I was like I know that like it's all some sort of the same members he's like listen bro it'd be like if we were playing football and you know you're the quarterback and I'm playing receiver but then one day I just come to you like how about I play quarterback and you play receiver today and now we're a new team <laughs> I was like that's literally what they're doing with these bands it's like oh I sing in this band but I play bass here I play drums here it's hard to keep up with. Right. And <laughs> more than just like swapping roles on the football team, they're also playing different sports. They're like, <laughs> right, exactly. Complete different genres. <laughs> like at times, like fun, like poppy, like acoustic and fucking bongos and shit. I mean, they're, yeah, they're like a Beach Boy vibe out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about Sharia Moore and sort of the, the evolution of the band, as you had mentioned, you guys were once called One Life to Lead, and then you changed your name to Sharia Moore while you were getting signed to Equal Vision Records. And a, a fellow colleague and friend of mine, Maddie, uh, manages you guys and kind of helped broker all that. So c talk about that experience. What was that like going from being an independent band to now being a uh, part of one of the most you know legendary labels of all time? man it just happened so quick and everything is like we must be living right or something like we just were blessed by the universe because i i really didn't see it getting to this point there was a time where i thought that like i don't know music's really not happening anymore it's not gonna work like we'll always be like a pretty popular band in baltimore but it's not really going beyond that and then i don't know man like we sent we sent the music that we did with alan last summer around to a few different A&Rs and stuff at labels. And we didn't hear anything for a minute, but we got, you know, a response from Equal Vision. And, and then from there, they were kind of like walking us through the whole process of like, do you guys have a manager? We're like, nah, we manage everything. Like you need a manager, you need a da da da, -da. So they, they kind of helped us like set up different interviews and meetings with managers. And yeah, man, it was it was just crazy. I, was, I think about it now in hindsight, like they must really rock with us because every time they they asked if we had something already, the answer was usually no. And they helped us go get it, <laughs> you know? So it's like, man, that's some belief right there. Yeah, man, I, I just spoke to Dan from Equal Vision on the phone, I think yesterday. 
and you know we're talking about some other stuff and you know he he spoke very highly of you guys and i think that is a testament to to your music i think it's a testament to your work ethic you know and also to kind of toot stateside's own horn and, and alan's horn dude alan he's a juggernaut record producer waiting to happen i mean he already is one don't get me wrong there's there's a reason i i manage him but i think I don't know if people fully appreciate the level of talent that this guy has outside of the band that he plays in and that a lot of people Seriously. know. So, I mean, you know, not to take a lot of the credit, but that clearly had to have had some impact on you guys, A, getting signed, uh, and B, just having anyone in the industry even give a fuck about what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, all this stuff just kind of fell into place. Like, Four Year Strong was on tour last year, like before, you know, pandemic shut things down. They played a show in Baltimore and I guess algorithms or something somehow got our music to Alan and Alan was messaging our Instagram page after their set, like, we should work. <laughs> it was like, what? How does this even happen? And then, yeah, from there, like, yeah, it's like, almost like we got into a little exclusive club some kind of way. Yeah. You know, it's pretty cool. It is very cool. Yeah, and um, you know, EVR is still going strong. They've been around for a long time, and they actually just opened us uh, another office here in Portland, which is pretty cool. And I, I know a couple of people that work over there. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm happy to say that this episode is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is a service that musicians use to put music into online stores and streaming services. These include iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Deezer, Tidal, even TikTok, and many, many more. With DistroKid, you can quickly and easily distribute your music for as little as $19.99 a year. And check this out. You keep 100% of your earnings, and you get unlimited uploads for one yearly fee. And to make things even easier, you can split the earnings between you and your bandmates. So when that pesky little bass player of yours gives you a hard time about not giving him his share, tell him to relax and say, DistroKid's got this. So do yourself a favor and get started today. Go to distrokid.com forward slash VIP forward slash stateside and get 7% off your first year's membership. So how's the record going right now? Because you guys are literally in the middle of recording. What What's the status? Yeah, I would just say that this album has twice as the amount of vibes, but still keeps the cohesiveness that people are going to get on the EP. Like, we, there's, there's some songs that Alan's production, I'm like, yo, did you make this? Or is this like a Timbaland beat, bro? Because this, this thing right here, like, <laughs> and like, we're throwing like, you know, I'd say it's like 90s R&B vibes on there. I tried to get on my little Aaliyah type shit, you know, still rapping, obviously. And of course, we get some heavier stuff in there too. Maybe a dash of hardcore thrown in. That was the first thing that Alan and I both noticed about your band was that you guys, you're following the tradition of Baltimore music. You're like, look, this is a different thing. I know you old dinosaurs grew up with genres. love that you like genres, but we... We like everything. <laughs> we really do. Yeah, and that's, that really is the like the modern way of playing music. And, and, and you guys are kind of carrying the flag for that tradition of like, look, we, we love hip hop. <laughs> we, we love fucking reggae. We love like 
super heavy, hardcore metal, post-hardcore pop punk. I mean, you guys, all of that stuff, of that, that is your band. And, and yeah. make it fun. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you might even get all of that on, like, one song alone, you know? Like, in the, in the beginning, you'd be like, all right, this is, like, a pop-punk track, maybe a little bit of, like, trap thrown in. And then it just goes, like, completely, like, in a whole other direction. And then we'll bring it back to where it was. And I don't know. <laughs> I always say we make our own rules, you know? Now, would you still define yourself as a rock band in the end? I would because I think, like, I guess the structure of, like, the way we're writing our songs is still in like a traditional like rock format where like you know i think that like guitars are pretty much like what carry the hooks on a lot of the songs when the verses might get a little bit different but you're still gonna get like that bass just of guitar music something else we even threw in because of like you know being from baltimore is like we we wanted some club music type stuff on the album so like if you're familiar with like baltimore club scene or like the philly or jersey club what that music kind of sounds like we wanted a taste of that on there too because that was always on the radio like middle school years bro it was only like club music was was popping <laughs> i love that i love that um what is your what does your family think about you being in a band Do, are, are they are they <laughs> is it confusing to them or does this all crack um, well, I would say that they probably always thought I was going to do something with music. Cause I remember trying to make my own, like my first album when I was in sixth grade and I was just like, it was hot garbage, you know, but what was that like? like? <laughs> I had a single, like one single mic that I would plug into the computer. I had like first act everything, you know, I had like first act drum set, first act um, guitar. I had first act bongo drums and I would just play everything and like sing into the mic and like obviously no mixing. Not, it was just horrible. I can't even remember what like kind of program I was using, but I put it all in this little CD. I burned a CD for everybody in the family. I was like, here go my album. Like bump this shit. Here's but so like being in a band now probably doesn't surprise them. But like being in a rock band specifically worries my mom. At least it did initially. She was like, oh my God, I just don't want you to end up like Motley Crue. And da, 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 da. I'm just like, yeah, like she automatically jumped to the worst thing ever. Like heroin. Exactly. I was like, yeah, I mean, of course, mom, I, I want to do all of these things, you know. <laughs> For being a, a, an elite athlete to doing heroin in a rock band. <laughs> right it's like what in the world and you know it's, it's funny because she even said something like that like last week and at this point like I'm like I've finished graduate school like I did all these other things that you would have wanted to see me do yeah and I'm 26 and he's like all right I smoke a little weed but come on mom am I really doing anything you know what I'm saying dude it took me forever to find myself and I think you know this is the time to be doing what you're doing and who knows what's going to happen with this band but, you know, I mean, look, starting a producer management company was not even something I a, knew existed or ever even had motivation to do when I was your age. Literally, just it wasn't even like on the fucking radar. And we all just kind of find ourselves into what we're doing because you, you have to keep trying. You have to keep being involved in the things that uh, you're, you're following that sort of North Star, you know, that compass within your heart. And as long as you keep doing that, you're going to find something great out of all of this. And I, I promise. I appreciate you saying that, man. I feel like now I got to 
sit down and interview you. Like, how did this all come to fruition? <laughs> Just growing up playing in bands and thinking that 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 was my identity. That was the only thing I knew. It was the only thing I wanted to do. And then turns out I didn't want to be on the road eight months out of the year. I mean, maybe if I was playing huge shows, that, that might have changed things. But yeah, I mean, I'm just like one of those stories that played in a lot of bands and, and the bands never really took off to a point where I could like make a ton of money off it. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, like it's not just following your passion. It's following something that you think you're good at and that you think actually adds value to the world <laughs> on some level, you know? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's interesting. You mentioned the thing about that, like being your identity and just how it like stuff switches over time. Like for, you know, from age 19 to 20, my whole identity was I play football, you know? And then when that stopped, I was like, damn, like, who am I? I don't really like, but I'm glad that that came because it, it gave me like an opportunity, even just as far as like having more free time to like read different kinds of books and just get into all types of things, you know? So no, sports is never a bad idea for young people ever. <laughs> like it teaches you, you know, teamwork and discipline and just showing up on time, like all that stuff, contrary to what people think. And even contrary to what your mom might think about what it is in a rock and roll band, contrary to that, you don't get into a band to avoid responsibility. It's just not true. You know, and Motley Crue and fucking Guns N' Roses and all that shit, it's not fucking real. It might have been real for them in a specific window of time when people allowed that shit to happen. But if you look even deeper, even bands like Motley Crue really worked very hard. <laughs> very, very hard. They were very calculated. They, they, they took this shit serious. Dude, it blows my mind. I talk to bands literally every day. And I talk to many bands every day. And I hear the same thing. Yeah, bro, like this is what we want to do for a living. Like we want to take this as far as we can go. And I'm like, oh, so like you want to be like a professional musician. This is what you want. And they're like, exactly. This is, I want this to be my job. But then they don't treat it like a job. Like, would you ever show up to your day job just fucking pissed drunk, super late, you know, not have your shit together? No, fired in the first two days. Yeah, I definitely didn't understand. Like, I had a whole image of what it would be like for bands that are like on, let's say, like four year strong level. And then I've come to find out like Alan and Dan and all them are like really regular dudes. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and not in a bad way, regular. And specifically Alan and Dan. I mean, they're actually straight edge guys. Mm -hmm. I mean, Turnstile's no different. They're all dudes that like work out and like watch what they eat. I mean, it's like the opposite of what your mom might think. Seriously. I need to give her a couple of examples or like send her some behind the scenes videos of other bands. And like, these are the kind of people I want to be. Like, do not worry. Like, I swear, I do not have a desire for hard drugs. <laughs> Okay, so okay, at this point you guys have gotten what done with the with the record. How much is left to do? I'd say it's probably like eighty-five percent done, maybe even ninety. Uh we're like way ahead of our schedule. Like honestly, we were in the studio last night talking about adding another song. Actually, we did add another song yesterday, and then when we finished that one, Alan was like, wanna do another one. So um probably end up doing that. Yeah, there's like something we've been using this whiteboard in the studio that we have like, all right, drums, vocals, harmonies, guitar, um, like bass, 
bass guitar, rhythm guitar, leads, and we like have all these different, it's basically like a Excel sheet on a whiteboard. And the only thing we have left on there is like ear candy that Alan calls it. Yeah. So just throwing extra on tambourine stuff. Yeah. I played the trumpet on this album. Um, yeah, it was just, we, we did a lot. Like I said, no rules, man. Wait, so do you play trumpet? Yeah, I played, I first started learning how to play trumpet in like sixth grade. I played in a uh, high school, like concert band, marching band, stuff like that, which was interesting as a football player as well. Yeah. Like, um, but yeah, so I, I, been able i've been fortunate enough to have my own trumpet like my uncle he played the trumpet and he had like an extra one he's like here you go and i've been using that one since i don't know like 2006 (laughs) well um i am rooting for you guys i can't wait for this record to be done and to come out what's the plan for the band without you know without giving too much away about release dates and things of that nature you know i know maddie is in charge of strategy with you guys but what is the overall strategy? Are you guys wanting to hit the road as much as you can? Yeah, absolutely. We wanna we wanna tour, man. Like more music will be coming out this fall. We'll probably have some some regional type shows, maybe in Baltimore, Philly, New York, Boston type thing, just doing kind of a little East Coast bit. And then twenty twenty two, trying to go hard on the on the road, man. Just trying to go national with it. We we got submitted for a couple tours already. Uh, I won't, you know, say the details about those, but you know, fingers crossed we get them. And then I feel like once we get that, it's a, it's a wrap because our live show energy is crazy. Like in Baltimore, I'm pretty like notorious for jumping around, acting crazy. I definitely a handful of times have jumped off stage and started a mosh pit and then jumped back on stage. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm ready to go. You guys have a booking agency now? Yeah, we're with uh, Sequel, Sequel Music Group. Oh, cool. I mean, there's so many people in this thing. Maddie's a good dude. Alan's a good dude. People at Equal Vision are great people. I encourage people to remember a few things. <laughs> this is advice to young bands and to anyone that's sort of getting into the music industry at all, or really anything that, that overwhelms you and makes you maybe feel intimidated. The first thing is to remember that everyone is everyone is just a person. There is no such thing as someone that's better than you. It doesn't exist. It's an illusion. There, there is no one that has more of a reason to be here than you do. It just doesn't exist. Thank you so much. I suffer from imposter syndrome every now and then thinking like, are we really that like we got signed? Are we better than anybody else? Like, I mean, not like better than, but like, are we like that much more of like skilled musicians or anything? Like, so thank you for saying that because I question myself often. Just keep being you. I mean, all I want for people is to just kind of put those horse blinders on, you know, like racing horses and just go, just go straight. Don't look left or right because it doesn't matter what everyone's doing. The music industry is built up of a bunch of people just trying a bunch of shit. And, you know, there. I mean, look, there is an actual industry. There is an actual format and there are some rules that you should try to learn. But outside of that, most of this is just... I don't know. I'm going to start a management company. I'm going to figure it out as I go. And I've learned and fallen on my face a million times. But I mean, being in a band is one of the more like entrepreneurial things you can do. It Mm -hmm. is starting a business. You are a business, you are a small company. And I think gaining that experience from being in a team and trying to push a product to a bunch of people is valuable. 
and I, and just remember that they're like you guys have every fucking reason to be here just as much as anyone else man thank you that's sometimes it's still like setting in that all this is happening because like i said i was on the verge of thinking all right man like this is it it's gonna be playing around baltimore it's cool but that's gonna be all there is so man craziness it's crazy I'm rooting for you guys. I think you're a really fun band and all of you are really nice. And dude, that's, that goes far. <laughs> like being hang on tour is so important. Yeah. I can, yo, it's crazy. I don't remember who I was just talking to. It might've been Alan. I don't know. We've been up here for a couple of weeks now and all my conversations are like getting blurred, but Alan was like, it's cool that like, I can see you guys are genuinely friends. Like, between the members of the bands. You guys actually like all care about each other. He's like, I've seen bands where I, I know this is strictly like a business arrangement. And I'm like, what? <laughs> There's people that are spending like at least like six months out of the year, basically living with people they don't like. That's insane to me. It is insane. And it's very common, unfortunately. And the bigger you get, unfortunately, the more common that can become. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know a lot of big bands that, that's the case. They, they, it is strictly business. It is a job and then they go home, but you know, avoid that, man. Just keep being friends. Keep just laughing your way through all this. And also you guys are so young. Like there's no rush. Just keep, just keep on keeping on and good things will happen. It's interesting. You say that, man, you hop on Twitter. These kids will make you think you turn 25, 26 and you know, that's over. You're, (laughs) you're old now type thing. It's, it's, I mean, I would even argue it's even more the case that you are young now than when I was your age 10 years ago, because, Mm. you know, it's like people live longer now. People wait longer to get married. People wait longer to to get a career, figure out their life path. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's a good thing. I think it's I think it's lunacy to get out of high school, go to college and then get one job for the rest of your life. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, man crazy as shit <laughs> i was working for the maryland department of housing for the past like four years and i'm actually going to be leaving baltimore soon i just took a job in las vegas and i'll be leaving in like two weeks but uh yeah but i was talking about my supervisor about this whole thing and he's like yeah i've been working with the state for 35 years i was like bro what <laughs> i've been here for four years and i feel like way too long <laughs> you know so it's crazy well so how's that gonna affect playing in a band are you gonna still be able to do what you want to do i'll do whatever really like to make the band happen i did want to like i told the fellas i was like man i I just think it's time for me to to get out of maryland and experience something else at least for a few years before i you know settle down have kids and all that stuff um so yeah i mean i'm gonna go out there like i said we, we probably have some tours coming up next year and if my job ends up being like it's this or a tour then I'll just, I just got to quit, man. I got to go on tour, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all. Well, shit, dude, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, man. This is, this was a really fun. This was one of the better, like just more easy flowing conversations I've had on a podcast. So good. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, those are my favorite podcasts. I mean, I don't have any notes. I don't give a shit. I, I know enough about you guys. I'm like, I'm just going to wing it. And that's, um, that's that's more enjoyable for me to listen to. Maybe it's not for everyone, but that's that's my style. Hey, man, I feel it's just the natural flow. Can't be forcing everything all the time. 
Again, I, I, I'm just so excited for you guys. So tell the people where they can find the band and where they can follow you guys. Yeah, so we're on all like social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram. We got TikTok, um, Sharia Moore Band. And, you know, Sharia, I've realized this isn't as easy for some people. Like I, I've been studying French and stuff for a little bit. So I'm like, oh, yeah, Sharia Moore. Everybody knows how to spell that. But C-H-E-R-I-E-A-M-O-U-R. There we go. Sharia Moore Band on everything. And uh, follow me personally, T-R-E-Y, Trey Sharia. So I'm Tracery on uh, Twitter and IG. Cool. I'll, I'll put all that stuff in the show notes for people. Hey, man, go go make the record. Go finish strong. We're all rooting for you. Much appreciated, man. Thank you. It is now 2024, and the choice is up to you. Do you listen to good podcasts, or do you listen to bad ones? Well, we've got a suggestion for you. How about you listen to a good podcast for the first time in your miserable life? I can think of one. Overnight Drive. Going strong. 11 years now the podcast about nothing your favorite podcast's favorite podcast do you enjoy nothing (laughs) so do we why don't you come over and check it out and stop listening to other podcasts thank you